Hi there, and welcome to a different way of seeing. Have you ever wondered how a disabled person lives their life? Join our host Lois Drachen as she chats to people about work, education, travel, sport, the arts, and leisure, and the tools and techniques they use to live their lives with the disability. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Seeing, a podcast where we talk all things disability. I'm your host, Lois Strachan, joined by Riri, who's joining us all the way from Maine in the USA, although she's on vacation, so that's not where she permanently lives. Riri, how are you doing today? I'm great, Lois. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Well, you're on vacation. You ought to be doing great. Tell of course. Us- I mean, the natural beauty just makes you relaxed and at ease. I've read a number of books that are set in Maine, and it always sounds so beautiful. So it's good it to really know is. that it lives up to its its fic- fictional presence. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You and I have been chatting on Facebook for a while, and then we chatted a a few weeks ago and had a long conversation. And I wanted to capture a little of your story and share it with my listeners on my podcast. So can we start off by just asking you to introduce yourself and tell us a little of your story and why we're talking today? Sure. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, so I'm the kind of person who loves a challenge and a bit of adventure, I would say. So immersion and sort of going full on or jumping in with both feet are my style. Um, and I've sort of done that pretty much all my life through you know, internships, study abroad, and in my work. And, you know, I've always been big into social justice, though. I don't think I knew what that term was at the time. Um, I really believe strongly in the power and that people have a right to education. And not just the education we think about in like formal schools. I'm talking about more could be informal education, really any type, and and the power that that has to help people improve their quality of living. I've worked in international development for many years. I loved it. I traveled all over the place quite a lot. Um, And I was really loving that profession. I really wanted to stay in it. Um, It was a bit rough on the body, (laughs) you know, these long flights and then time changes and various languages. And then of course, just landing in a place and having to figure out everything. Um, So I'd usually, you know, get sick for a day or two, but I saw that as kind of part of the experience and I would get over it and then, you know, go about my business. (laughs) Um, 
But on what turned out to be my last trip, I really got very sick and never recovered. And when I came back from my trip, I ended up bedridden for months, really unable to move or do anything. I just had such extreme pain, which became chronic, eventually became chronic migraines, which is a condition that impacts everything in daily life. Um, and I kind of went into survival mode. Um, my, my body really wasn't functioning the way that it used to. So I saw tons of doctors, did hundreds of tests, went to various healers, complementary medicine, nutrition, you name it. Um, but it became clear that going back to my profession was not going to happen. Um, I have a lot, I'm doing much better than I was, but I still have a lot of limitations. And it's really hard for me to use the computer, for example, and travel and, you know, things that I probably took for granted um, became awakening. And I, I sort of had to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? <laughs> um, and that's, that's where reimagining life came in. And we can talk about that later. So that's a little bit of an intro to who I am and, and the kind of person I am. That must have been a very traumatic experience having such an act of lifestyle and then through no fault of your own, having that taken away from you yeah yeah it really it really was um I kind of felt like the rug was pulled out from under me and there was nothing I could do that was kind of maybe the worst part is that I you know it was completely out of my control and there was nothing I could do um and I really just had to try to make it through each day, day by day. And it was, yeah, it was really rough. Um, and thankfully, I've, I've made a lot of progress, but I am still a very different, I'm living a very different life than, than what I thought I would be doing. But I've learned a lot. I've, I think, grown a lot from that experience. I, I think you kind of have to. Um, and I've, you know, really looked at my life and thought, okay, so what's really important here? And, and I wanted to do something that would make use of what I've learned over this kind of awful period of my life. I wanted to make it useful in some way. And so that's when I started thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something where I turn this into a positive or I share my experience so that other people who I know are out there dealing with similar things don't feel so alone or know that there is progress that's possible. Have you ever been given? a straight answer on what caused 
that change? You know, <laughs> medicine is a very not funny thing like haha, but you know, especially in the US, we are supposed to have the most sophisticated medical system. Um, and you think of, oh, we can do so many things and we can diagnose so much and we have all this technology. But when it really comes down to things that you can't do a specific test for and get a positive or negative for it, we're really not that sophisticated. Um, there's actually a lot that doctors they're they really admit that that there's a lot that they don't understand and and they don't know how to diagnose. Eventually going to a lot of different specialists, I eventually got to uh one of the you know nationally ranked specialists who did give me a diagnosis, which is chronic intractable migraines. Um, but even with a diagnosis, you know, there's no uh, specific care regimen, you know, that works for everyone. Everybody is different. Everyone responds differently, um, has different symptoms that go along with it. So it's, it's very much a, every day is different from the day before. So with that change being so much part of what happened to your life, what techniques have you put in place that have allowed you to, to try and manage it? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's really a process because it's just, it's such a shock um, and you kind of don't know what's going on and you don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow or in a month. Um, so I think little by little, I've done a lot of work in a number of areas. I would say the things that have been most helpful are mindfulness uh, a lot of therapy, learning to identify your body's responses to triggers, um, meditation, and just being sort of uber prepared about anywhere I go. I have to plan things really well ahead if I, as much as I can. So I always have with me a sort of go pack. So if I'm out and about and I start feeling any type of symptom that I know can lead to a really bad uh, time, I try to have the tools I need with me because I I want to set myself up for success. So sometimes it's not possible, um, but I've learned that I also, I'm an active person and I really need to be active. So I've had to find ways to do safe exercises, you know, eat every few hours. I stay hydrated. I have to be very careful about where I go. I don't go anywhere that's very loud, very bright, a lot of movement. 
Um, and I, I really try to keep my perspective focused on the present. It's hard to do, um, but that's my goal. And, and those are some of the tools that allow me to do that. How do you keep yourself motivated? Hmm. You know, when you first asked me that, I, I really had to think about it because I just feel it within myself. I think I'm a very internally motivated person. Um, also going back to loving challenges, learning new things and trying new adventures. So I'm, I'm not the type of person who's happy to just like walk on a treadmill for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a metaphor for life or something. Um, I have a lot of limitations, but, and I've had a lot of lemons thrown at me, but I'm always trying to find ways to do better, to feel better, to live bigger, reach more people and try to help more people. Um, and so I'm trying to create a network or a community that feels supportive for people like me when it feels like the world is kind of stacked against you. Um, and so I think. I've met some incredible people through doing this podcast. And that also really helps motivate me because I hear about other people's stories and what they've achieved. And it's like, oh my, that's incredible. Like maybe there's something I can do that would be really helpful for other people or help other people learn to adjust to these things. I mean, it's a, it's a huge world, but I think each person can really make a difference in their whatever area they might choose to be. You've mentioned the Reimagining Life podcast. Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about that because I've listened to a few of your episodes and I, I think there's so much value that you're sharing there. How did it come about? What what drew you to start that and and what are you hoping to achieve with it? Thanks. Um, yeah, it's been kind of a passion project, I would say. Um, <laughs> I, so when I was going to lots of pain management places or, um, clinics, you know, I met a lot of people who were like me, who had incredible pain and limitations placed on them and they're just sort of trying to find a way to get back to having some sort of life um and it's extremely isolating and frustrating and so i felt like there's a huge gap there like in at least in the united states there's really nowhere for people to turn to get help with that to get support to to be able to call someplace and get advice like how do i deal with uh you know social security benefits or you know complicated medical conditions like where can i go for help and so i really wanted to create something that could try to fill in even the tiniest bit of that gap because that's a huge space and 
let's be honest, I'm one person and (laughs) there's no way I could possibly feel it. But I wanted to do something that put what I've learned into practice and hopefully helped others so that my years of going through all that sort of wasn't just a waste. Um, And so I was thinking about, you know, how am I going to do this? And I had no idea about podcasting at all, but I decided that I was going to do a podcast because, um, because I thought it had the best chance of reaching the most people. And it was a way that I could talk to people and have people tell their stories and share them openly. Um, and people, it didn't need to have, you know, fancy equipment, didn't need to watch it on a screen. Cause like me, that really bothers me. Um, and so it, it sort of took on a life of its own. I had to learn a ton and I'm still learning a ton about podcasting. Um, and so the podcast is about resilience and perseverance. It's sharing untold stories of hope and rebuilding while while people are dealing with major life interruption. So it's for people who are in the process of reimagining, literally, their life and what do they want it to be. I love and the concept hope- behind it. I think the the idea of still having the opportunity, the, the ability to imagine a life that is different yeah. No less rewarding. Yes. That's a beautiful message. Thank you. Yeah. I hope it's empowering because I want people to feel like they, they have a voice and they make a difference and they can do things. They might have to do it different ways, be a bit more creative, but it's possible. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Talking about things being possible that one might not immediately think of. I've know from listening to some of the stories that you shared in the early episodes of your podcasts that you've had a couple of wins in your journey that you really weren't certain of how you'd manage to achieve them and, and and yet you have. Tell us about some of those stories. Mm. Well, I mean, the biggest one is actually launching the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just sort of jumped in and was like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, just sort of started researching and talking to people and literally reading guides of, you know, how to create a podcast in 10 steps, Um, which does not at at all prepare you for how complicated it is and all that goes along with it. Um, So that's really been the biggest thing. And the fact that I've been able to push it, put it out there, publish it and, I've had, you know, some great people help me. I've had some high school kids who have been really helpful and had some great ideas. You know, I've worked with them. 
you know, I am meeting different people who also give me different ideas. It's just, it's a very collaborative and sort of grassroots effort that, that I'm trying to, to pull together. And each episode focuses on a different topic that's relative to our uh, community. So it could be like the impact of chronic illness or disability on relationships and family dynamics, how to become your own advocate and the power of creativity, you know, parenting with chronic pain, art as an escape from pain. Um, those are some of the examples. I'm trying to think. It, was there something in particular that you had in mind? I feel like there's something that I'm not remembering. Yeah. Well, I I was just um, remembering one of the stories you shared about getting back to swimming and doing ah, yeah. that way. And yeah. Was so that was struck, struck by that. That was from my own story. Um, so I have always been a swimmer. Um, I love being in the water. People tell me that I'm a dolphin because I would live in the water if I could. Um, and, you know, I wasn't able to swim because even looking at the pool water made me dizzy because there was movement and I would get like nauseous and dizzy and it was awful. I mean, that's my favorite thing. And I wasn't even able to look at it. So I, um, each day would plan to try to do something micro step to get closer to being in the water. So I would check the weather and when it was not windy at all, I'd go down to the pool, get, and, you know, get in. And I'd always, I love the feeling of being in the water. Um, I really wanted to swim laps because I was on swim team and that's great exercises and I really enjoy it. And so I eventually build up, built up to swimming one lap, which part of me was like, are you kidding me? You swim one lap and you're excited. <laughs> but the other side was like, wow, I just swim a lap. I want to do more. Um, and so literally every day, when the forecast allowed it and I had to be super careful because there couldn't be too many people in the pool because that creates too much movement. Um, you know, there are a lot of conditions that had to be sort of the right fit, but I worked on it all summer and I would add in, you know, maybe one lap at a time, sometimes two laps at a time. And I eventually built up to swimming a good amount of laps and it, I just like it was like euphoria I felt like oh my god this is me I'm still in there somewhere like it was this connection to the old me that I had not felt in years and it was like wow this is what I sort of am meant to do this is like so good for me um and so swimming has become really important when i'm able to do it you know i i recognize that i can't do it all the time and the conditions have to be right but 
it was a huge goal that I, that I reached and was super proud of and continue to want to keep doing it. That's an amazing story and amazing motivation for, for yourself to Mm -hmm. be able to do something that still connects you with the person that you are and have always been. So yeah, such a beautiful story. Oh, thanks. Yeah. One of the things I'm realizing as we talk is that you must be super aware of the triggers that impact your pain, your condition. What would you say are the the biggest challenges that you face on a kind of day-to-day basis? Yeah. I mean, the biggest challenge is that there are a lot of triggers (laughs) and some of them I can plan around like I, though I'm, I was a former musician and I loved going to concerts. I can't do that anymore because it's just too loud. So I don't go to places that I know are loud. Um, I don't go to places where there are flashing lights or things like that, but then there are triggers that I have no control over, like the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to avoid weather being like impossible. Um, you know, and it's, it's just really hard. You can't, you can't control for something. So, you know, I might be out doing a walk in a very beautiful, quiet place. And then maybe there's a huge group of teenagers who come and are like super loud and they're just having fun, which is great. And I, I like kids having fun, but if it's too much, it's like, overload on my brain. And then I'm kind of like, okay, must find an exit out of here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge really that I have to plan very particularly. And then I always have to have an exit strategy like, okay, how do I get myself out of this situation and how am I going to recover for it? And sometimes it means going to a dark, quiet, cool place and just uh, doing a bit of meditation or taking a short nap or something like that. Um, it, it really depends on on the situation and the symptoms. But it is very tricky. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, there's a certain amount that you can plan for, but you can't control every circumstance a hundred percent of the time, but it's just right. not possible. Mm-hmm. Gosh. You've mentioned that you've got a really good support system, that there are a lot of people in your world who are able to, you know, give you some support with certain activities. Yeah. How have you found that the people around you have had to adapt as your circumstances have changed? You know, they, I'm, I'm fortunate to have some really great supportive people in my corner. I like to say, um, you know, they, they understand what I have to navigate. And so, you know, we'll, 
let's say we make plans to get together tomorrow or something. Um, they understand that if tomorrow I wake up and I'm having a bad day, I just am not up to it, that I might have to cancel. And they don't take that personally. And hopefully they don't get upset because that's kind of just the way I have to live my life, you know, take it on a day by day basis. Um, and they've been really helpful as, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. Like I'm, still hopeful that I will be able to do more things. I can't tell you when, but, or how, but I'm always trying to push um, the limit a little bit just to move that needle. And so my support system is often there helping me brainstorm, okay, how could I do that? Or, you know, what things do I need to put in place to be able to do that? Or if it's something related to the podcast, for example, like, how do I find X, Y, Z? They'll be brainstorming with me. They'll do a little research and they'll help me like, hey, why don't you try this or call this person? They know that person. So they're really flexible and helpful um, and just unconditional, I would say, you know, not everybody is like that. Um, I've lost some partners because they couldn't deal with, you know, the way that I have to live, but it really sort of shows you the good in people and who's really there for you. That is so true. And, you know, I, it, it sounds crazy to say it. And people always look at me and go, no, they couldn't have. But almost everyone I know with an acquired condition or an acquired disability, um, that has happened to them later in their lives or, you know, from adulthood, people have walked out of their lives, I guess, mostly to protect themselves as well yeah. or because of powerlessness. There's a lot of reasons why it can happen. doesn't make it any easier on us yeah. when it does, but it does also help us to appreciate the people who are there when we need yeah. them. Absolutely. I liked what you said earlier about this being a process because – it is. I think everything in life is, it really is a bit of a process. Are there tools or resources that you know now that you wish that you had known at the start of your journey? <laughs> um, hmm. I feel like I'm still learning and I kind of don't know what I don't know yet still. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but absolutely. I would say more accessibility tools, like how to best reach my target audience. Um, how to connect with people sort of on a deeper level. Um, you know, I've been 
I think we met through a Facebook group for podcasters yeah, or. We did. Um, so I'm on a bunch of different Facebook groups, some for people with disabilities, some for podcasters, all these different things. Um, but there's, there's sort of, I call it a lot of noise in there, but you sort of have to weed things out to try to find sort of your needle in a haystack. <laughs> um, and so that can be hard and if there were ways to more directly connect with these types of people like you, I would love to know how to do that. Um, and yeah, finding more help. People volunteer their time to help me with things that I can't do. Um, and I'm so appreciative of that. And it's sort of the way I gotten things going because they're really this is just me doing this there's no budget there's no production <laughs> schedule or anything like that um and it's it's just really a passion project so i guess how to reach the type of people who are potential guests or people who might lend a hand in however they might have special skills um, learning more about accessibility tools would be helpful. I mean, there's, I feel like there's so much, <laughs> I have a lot to learn. I'm, I'm on my way, but there's a lot. I think the, the conversation about tools and resources to help us weed out some of the noise and mm -hmm. find the, the, the little golden nuggets and the gemstones that we need to to get to the next level it's a that's a tall order but it's something that's appropriate for any facet of anyone's life at this stage there's just absolutely so much information out there and finding the information that is useful is hard to do um, yeah yeah for sure i mean you probably way more than I do. <laughs> and that's the beauty of community as well. Yeah. Is the, the, the people that we come into contact with who suddenly help us take our activities one level higher. So it's always, always rewarding to know that there are people out there who do help us with that. I've found many of them in my life and if I can provide that role to you or to anyone else, I'm always happy to do so. That's lovely. So, yeah. Riri, if people would like to find out more about your podcast, if they'd like to connect with you and learn a little bit more about you, where can they contact you? Where can they reach you? Absolutely. So, um, at the moment, the website is still under development. So, we, I have a link tree. Um, so it's link tree slash reimagining life podcast, all one word together. Um, that takes you to all of our social media links to the episodes. You can find, um, the episodes on all streaming platforms. You just search for reimagining life podcast, pain to purpose. 
Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Email is reimagininglifepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and also on Substack. So lots of options and ways to get in touch. <laughs> um, and would love to hear from people. Great. Well, we'll, we'll put that into the show notes so that people can contact you easily through that. Wonderful. Thank you. So thanks. Yeah. So as a final question, what is the next target that you're looking to achieve with the podcast or just generally with where you are in life at the moment? Hmm. So many things. Um, <laughs> so I'll end. I'll answer for the for the podcast side side first. I would say I really want to expand awareness that the podcast exists because my goal in making the podcast is to help people provide a little bit of support and community, um, and that only happens if people know it's there. So I really want to just you know, spread the word, hey, this is out here. Um, take a listen, hope it's helpful. Send us some feedback. I'm totally open to that. Uh, if you think you would be a good guest or you know someone who would be a good guest, I'm, I'd love to hear it. Um, so I really would just want to spread awareness. So the first goal was achieved. We launched. Um, and now I want to spread the word. Um, on a personal side, I would love to be able to travel again. Um, I'm not sure when that will happen, but I am just hoping that I'll be up to it. Um, you know, it's really hard in planes. Uh, barometric pressure is a big deal big issue. So, um, I would love to be able to travel again someday. And so that's my big goal. I would say not sure how far in the distance, but I'm hoping not too far. <laughs> well, we wish you every success in finding ways to break down those barriers that are stopping you traveling and hopefully, hopefully one day soon. Thank you. Riri, it has been lovely to chat to you today. Thank you for being willing to come onto the podcast and share a little bit of your story and to tell us the, the exciting news about the launch of the Reimagining Life podcast. It's a great podcast. If people just, you know, to my listeners, if you haven't listened to it yet, take a listen. It's a really great podcast and yeah, really encourage you to listen. And also just to remind people that we really do appreciate if you can share our episodes as widely as possible with friends, community, people with disabilities who you feel would benefit from listening to the episodes or people without disabilities who would be interested to learn about some of the amazing people who are out there in the world doing incredible work despite facing some challenges in what they're able to achieve. 
So if you can help us to share this, that would be great. Riri, thank you for coming on to the different way of seeing. It's been really lovely to chat to you today. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to A Different Way of Seeing. We'd love to connect with you. So find Lois at loisstrachen.com or Facebook, Lois Strachan Speaker. This podcast was edited by Craig Strachan using Hindenburg Pro. Hindenburg, it's all about the story. The credits are done at Naledi Media. Naledi Media, all your vocal needs under one roof. Read by Charlie Yazi. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us and see you next time when we bring you into the world of seeing differently.